Welcome to Kiana's Conversations. I'm delighted to welcome Ed Driver, who, uh, well, I'll, I'll get Ed to tell us a little bit about himself. Ed, what is your uh, your current business and your role in the business? So uh, I'm MD of Five Star Crew. We're an event labour company and have been going for four years. Yeah, an event labour company. Just explain that a little bit more. I'm sure people won't <laughs> really know what that means. So uh, event labour. So when you look at a festival, a concert, a conference, it's all glitz and glam, looks great. Um, we're the people behind putting it up and taking it back down again. So whilst everyone's uh, enjoying their night and uh, tra- travelling home, we've got people there taking these uh, big glitzy, glamorous events down. Yeah, so for example, how many people are working for you tomorrow? What have you got so we've, we're covering about 64 sites tomorrow and um, have about 280 people working for us. And when, when, did, you, when did you set this business up? We set up in uh, October 2015. F- from scratch? From scratch, standing start. From scratch, and and your turnover in the coming year is likely to be in the region of what? About five mil. Five million. So uh, this is an interesting character, let me say. I've been working with Ed for, for quite a while. Um, but l- let me take you into this area. The, the focus tonight is going to be on, on wise leadership and just getting a perspective on Ed, Ed as, a, as a young leader, a very young Question to you, Ed, is who would be the wisest person in terms of your own definition that you have come across in your life? <clears throat> so um, the wisest person is probably would be my grandfather, who was a um, quite a successful businessman working in uh, working in the oil industry and BP. He was a big member of the Tallow Chandlers in London, and also uh, also was a trustee in numerous um, charities. Um, he took his knowledge from business and put it into benefit charities and developing them and making them think more um, commercially rather than not as the case may be. So he had lots of involvement in that. Yeah, and, and why, why would you say wise for him? What, what is it about? What, why would you use that, that adjective for, for him? Um, he's a very fair person, very calculated. He's, um, he was very kind very caring and um, always sort of thought of, he was very a massive thinker he thought about everything that he was doing and would um, go through process and never really make rash decisions yeah. and uh, with that his business life was very successful and his uh, charity legacy still lives on now actually. That, that's, that's just I cannot think of a better definition of what it is to be a wise leader Ed that's, that's wonderful so what I'm going to take you through just now are the seven features of wise leadership that we've been working on. And uh, the first of those is that wise leaders tend to see alternative perspectives, and certainly your grandfather sounded as if he was a man like that. So could you describe a time perhaps when you were trapped in a single point of view as a leader that prevented you from achieving your goals? When might, when can you think of any time like that? Um, so when I first set up the company, <clears throat> Five Star, it was... a uh, I was very focused on myself and my business partner Mike were very focused on just being a corporate event company not having vehicles everyone working from home no overheads sort of like just really sort of keeping it small Um, we quickly found that the working from home thing we sort of outgrew that with the fact that we were a people business needed to induct and recruit people Um, we also decided that we weren't going to have vehicles and weren't going to transport people around and going to rely on people using their own cars. And that really restricted us in, in growth. And we quickly found that 
Um, it wasn't the case, and with that, we now have four offices, one in Bristol, Birmingham, um, London, and Glasgow, and also um, a fleet of about 15 vehicles, so, so, so what's, proved wrong. what's been that change of point of view? So what would you say you were looking at it before or when you first started the business compared to how you look at the business now? What's changed? I think when we first started the business, I was looking at the short term. I was thinking... I don't want to invest into vehicles because they're a waste of money. Companies I used to work for had spent a lot of money on vehicles for image and I didn't believe that that was worth doing. Um, and I also thought office space was, again, a waste of money because I worked from home and I didn't see the need for an office. Mm-hmm. But where we are now, um, from year one, we're sort of 10 times the size in uh, in the four years that we've been going. The uh, necessity to basically step it up a gear and become a more professional outfit rather than a company working from your kitchen table is um is apparent and with that it's sort of a, a big thing for our success of where we've got to now is taking these big steps to be a bigger company and, and and would you say over these these five years have you changed your do you look at things now perhaps more from a customer point of view than you did or or perhaps from your employees point of view can you think of examples of that um, definitely focus on employees because without them we're nothing. We're, our focus is always on our staff. We're always trying to make sure that they're happy, they're feeling really part of the team. Whether you're a new start today or whether you've been with us for four years, which we have got people that are still with us from day one. Yeah, <clears throat> It's really important to us to make sure that staff are motivated and happy to be a part of the, of the team. So... That's the real main thing. And what about from the customer point of view? I mean, I think what you're saying about employees, I think that's a fantastic lesson for many experienced leaders and it's great to hear a younger leader talking like that. But what about from the, the customer perspective? How, how, how does that perhaps influence your, your behaviour as a leader? Well, in my, in my experience from since setting up is if our staff are happy, our customers are happy because our staff are delivering for the customers and if our staff are turning up on site feeling like they want to be there, they're feeling motivated and it is like like a lot of people will understand it's employing people is very difficult, getting good people is very hard. So if you can send these people to site that are feeling motivated and want to be there, in turn your client feels happy about yeah. that as well. That's, so. that's really, really helpful. So I think we're, we're seeing here that, that Ed is able to adopt alternative perspectives but I think interestingly from, from his perspective, particularly looking at things through the eyes of his employees. So the, the second feature of wise leadership is then that wise leaders make courageous and ethical decisions. So I'm going to ask you, Ed, can you think of a, a, an individual that you have admired who's made a courageous and ethical decision may, uh, that has had a powerful influence on your own leadership behaviour? Can you think of someone uh, in that respect? And again, we don't necessarily need to go into the names, but perhaps they just give us the example. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, the person in question is a is a chap that um, comes with a lot of lot of previous experience and a lot of knowledge. Um, he came came to work with us actually on a consultancy basis, and he was um, very process driven, all about systems, making sure that people followed these processes, and making sure that um, that things were in place in the various places that we worked in. So uh, he was very much um, trying to do things right. The difficulty that we had was um, 
he was very risk averse, um, which may meant that uh, some of the people that we worked with were sort of a, a bit against that, which made him sort of make the decision to sort of look at a short term position because he wasn't getting the results that he was uh, perhaps hoping for, which um, wasn't through his own fault because I think what he was trying to do was definitely the right thing for that business. But um, the knock-on effect was is that he's actually now taken a, a job much higher up than what we were working with, and he's no longer a consultant. But he has now um, left a sort of mark on the clients that we were having the problems with, saying that if there's one thing that he taught them, it was that risk is very important in that industry. Yeah. And, and what influence has, that, has his behaviour had upon you, do you think? It's um, made me look at processes a lot more, made me look at... Uh, at risk to a certain extent made me really focus on um on what we're doing it for really mm. um and uh, the importance of making sure that we're as an operation as tight as we can be yeah so he's really um helped me with that but but he, he in a sense he took a courageous decision to decide to leave the business just because it didn't perhaps match up to his own his own principles is that is that correct was it um i don't think the business didn't match up it was more the clients that we were working with didn't match up and but he's actually left an impact not only on me but on them as well by them having a more of a an open view to the risk rather than looking at it in a strictly commercial manner i like that i really like that okay so as we move on then um uh the third feature is that wise leaders enable other people so could you think of a time um over the last five years when Perhaps you've kept power to yourself rather than enabling others. Um, I start when I first started Five Star. It was we had a very small team. It was myself and Mike. Mike got me uh, involved in it initially, and we were just me and him. Um, at that point, it was a very much uh, we had to do everything. We didn't. No one else was involved, so we didn't have a choice to delegate to anyone. So the power was all myself. Um, as the business grew, we took on an operations manager who didn't actually work out for us, but that wasn't because they weren't necessarily capable. It was probably because it was quite a big move for me to give that, to delegate that position to someone else and put trust in someone else to do it as well as I can. Um, I've always struggled with my standards being quite high and uh, expectations on others being high and tend to think that if someone's not doing the job that I could do to the standard that I want it to be done, I may as well do it myself. So, so, so how have you resolved that? You know, you, as you see, you're employing hundreds of people now. How have you resolved the, resolved that in terms of? It could, because I, I don't imagine your business would have grown to the extent it would have done, it has done, if you were still determined to do all the jobs yourself. No, definitely. And what I've done is been quite select on the people that we've employed in every position. We've like merged with other companies and got powerful leaders in those businesses that we're working with, and um, and yeah, now the operations director have got absolute faith in him. And whereas before I didn't necessarily, I guess I didn't know him. The guy that we took on, it was a, a interview that we went through and took this guy on. And I mean, he's a good guy. He's now working for one of our clients, but I didn't really know him, and I don't think not knowing him was one thing, but. I guess I didn't know him well enough to trust him, whereas our operations director now, I know him 
pretty well and are absolutely trusting with everything. So what, what would your advice be to other leaders who are perhaps struggling to give up power um, and, and, and enable others? What would your advice be? I would say it's absolutely vital to split your time between people still, so not necessarily delegate and leave them to it. I think I delegate and watch from afar and can still jump in and still be involved in every part of the business where necessary. Um, I pride myself on being able to do everyone's role pretty well still. Mm -hmm. um, I've never took a step back from the business to the point that I am detached from it, which is something I think is really important. So I can be on the site working or I can be in the office scheduling or I can be doing inductions or doing bookings. I can do every part of the business and I think it's important to have good people below you that can work in your team and and deliver for you but it's also important to understand what their role is so you can sympathise with them when it is tough and you can actually be really part of the business in that respect. That's very powerful Ed, very powerful. So we move on to the fourth feature which is about wise leaders creating a sustainable future. So could, could you think of a time where you've been really focused um, on the long-term goal rather than the short-term and how that has had a positive impact on the sustainability of the business? Because there's got to be some secret behind what you've created here just now. Um, I think uh, the long-term goal is to grow and grow quickly. Um, when I first set Five Star up, it was building clients. We... we as you set a business up, you generally will set up in one location and then grow from there. We set up in three straight off the bat because I wanted to expand quickly and I didn't want to spend 20 years getting to a £5 million business. I wanted to get there in three years, which by the, by the end of this year will be there. Um, and I think by focusing on the long term and looking at growing rapidly, but making sure that we're focusing on our staff was definitely a good thing. However, losing sight short term of the pro the basic processes that are important to day to day running of the business has sort of been a bit of a reality check to make sure that it's great to um, great to build the business quickly and great to expand. But if your foundation starts to crumble, then it can all come tumbling down. So it's really important to go back and make sure that they're not necessarily dig them up and re repoint, but make sure they're still intact. So dig a check hole and, and make sure you can check your foundations to make sure that they're still where they need to be. I think that's a, I think that's a lovely metaphor here. And although you're talking about growing the business quickly, I think this notion of you are trying to create something that has a long-term sustainable future, it's not just build it and get rid of it. It's about really allowing it to grow and, and take on a major role within within the UK and perhaps beyond. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, For us, it's not about... Uh, quick quick buck it's about creating a good working place for people it's about creating a long-term sustainable business that can continue to change the way that our industry works and make people that were looked at as the bottom of the pile people that are actually part of the team and pretty important which i think we've actually been successful in making happen so that's lovely that's really nice so we move on to the fifth feature of wise leadership which is that wise leaders are self-aware so when did you become start to become self-aware of your own assets, your own biases, your own potential limitations as a leader, and what impact has that, that had upon you? So, um, 
because I was a bit of a rookie when I first started the company, I'd not I'd worked as a manager, I'd worked as a in recruitment for a short period and I'd worked uh, in a lot of different jobs. I'd never really ran a business. I'd never really sort of been responsible for lots of people's livelihoods and well beings, which was quite a big step to be honest and um, not really knowing where I'm going but having a destination was quite an interesting time. Um, something that really made the difference was my first trip up to um, Scotland when I went over to, I actually went over to Glasgow for a, um, with, for a meeting with now my business partner Keith who, um, who we've merged with to create, well, take over his business and, and become a much bigger enterprise um when i came back from that meeting with keith i sat with don on the train from uh, edinburgh to from glasgow across to edinburgh and then sat and had a pint in this in the station uh station well. pub next to um next to waverley station and uh chatted about what we were doing what the company was like and from talking with don at the time it was really hit home that actually we're not just playing at this we're doing a pretty good job and we're growing quite well and it made me really think then that I needed to focus more on my my actual refining the leadership techniques and what we're doing this for and work on my weaknesses and focus on uh, making my strengths even better than that, what they were. Yeah. But that was, um, that was a real turning point for me, to be honest. I, I think if I can come in there, Ed, uh, the, the two and a half years that, that, you know, that we've, we've kind of been working together, I, I've seen a remarkable personal growth on, on your side. If I think back to those early days, even when we were sitting in the house all day, the phone was on and probably you were having to check it every five or ten minutes. So the whole dependency culture that you've probably managed to move away from over the last period of time is oh, remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. When I first started, it was because it was just myself and Mike, it was very much we were the only people that had to do it. But now, I mean, I'm fairly confident that I can not need to be doing the day-to-day -day stuff every day um, because I've got a great team below like working with us and, and smashing it I up. mean, now you were telling me earlier that, that actually you're able now to spend quite a significant amount of time working from home and even that has had a positive impact on, on your leadership impact. Yeah. Could you explain that? Yeah, so um, when I was at the old company, I worked from home and found it pretty good, but um, I didn't really have anyone apart from my two sort of deputies that I was working with, so it wasn't really a problem. Um, now I work from home, well, from an office that's next to my house, which uh, works really well. I've got a young baby boy, so it means I can spend quality time with him and the wife during um, the evenings rather than traipsing back from the office. But um, it has its pros, but also it has its cons. Not being down in London as much does make it feel that I'm not necessarily as involved. However, when it comes to day-to-day -day business and when it comes to everything that's going on, I'm absolutely fingers on the pulse. So although some people may think that you're not involved in the business by not working in the, in the main hub every day, um, because of the way that our systems are, because of the way that the business is set up and because of the spread of the business, I mean... London is our head office, however, we have bases all over the country. Um, not being in the hub doesn't ma massively affect it by the fact that everything is remote. Mm. 
and we're very much paperless now so yeah. but um but yeah it's it's interesting and as as things move on as the business continues to grow and the different areas of the business grow it's going to be even more important to spend more quality time with people rather than being in an office and um spending bits of time i mean i'm already planning to spend a whole week next week with our ops director spend some time with our commercial officer and just sort of rather than snippets of time with each each person when you're down in the office just grabbing them for half hour here and there actually spending good chunks of time with people to get better results out of uh out of your valuable time that we have that's fascinating fascinating okay we move on to the the penultimate feature of wise leadership which is that wise leaders search for the common good so can you think of a, a time where you've taken account of the common good rather than, than simple self-interest and what's been the long-term impact of that behaviour? Um, so when we first started, we were the Robin Hood, I guess, of uh, our industry. I like to call it that because we um, charge less than our competitors and we paid more. So uh, we were able to do that because our overheads are very low and uh, we had the know-how and didn't have to pay for that, basically. So the first 18 months of the company running, myself and business partner took very little out of the company, invested it all into our new staff and um, and made sure that our staff were a real part of what, what we were about, looking after our people, investing our profits back into our people. We still live by that now, but what we did by doing that is in turn our competitors had to pay people more they had to be more competitive with their pricing um, a lot of them didn't drop it because they couldn't because they built themselves a, a business that had to have a certain level of profit margin to be able to operate which meant that it gave us a competitive edge in the early days um, as time's gone on we continue to be the best payers in the business we continue to push those rates up and we continue to um, to make people want to want to work for us and although we may be just another labor company that are providing people people want to be a part of this journey and want to be working with us rather than sit looking on the outside and no I think, I think I think I should come in here Ed I, I was privileged enough to to sit in with a an event recently with you and your leadership team your business partners and and one of the things that I think people who are not involved in business there's a perception that it's all about greed that it's all about more and more for the people that own the business. I think, can you recall that conversation that we had sitting around the table talking about it's not about us taking money out of the business? And, and I think that would surprise many, many people who have this perception of, of greed, of fat cattery, if you like, of, of business owners. Yeah, it's very, very easy when you're dealing with some pretty big numbers. It's very easy to get carried away and get a bit sort of, um, like I say, fat cattery about the uh, the money that you're handling and uh, start looking at flash cars and start looking at big houses and start thinking sort of right made it now happy days but really for us because we're people people business we want to make sure our guys have the best training we want to make sure that our um, our team are feeling well looked after and uh, we also want to make sure that we're um, investing back into them so we're we're not about the bravado and the the flash dinners and taking clients out and taking them to all sorts of places just to woo them basically we're about making sure that our 
our people are looked after and we're all all equal. I mean, we'll go and meet the crew in a, in we'll go for a beer with the crew after work, we'll meet with guys on site, we'll introduce ourselves to them, we'll work alongside them and there's no everyone's on a level playing yeah. field and I think it's still it's still fair to say that you will drive the occasional forklift, will you not? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've been known. <laughs> Definitely. And unloading trucks. <laughs> Nothing like a good truck unload. So finally then we come to this idea that wise leaders make sense out of complexity. So could you tell us about a time perhaps where you've you've helped make sense out of a complex world about what the business is about for for people and the positive impact that it's had? Um It's a tough question. Yeah. Yeah. So Well take me back to maybe think about people who are joining the business. Um, I think if I just recount, recall some of the conversations that you, have, you and I have had in that space, it's been about, it's about enabling people that work for the business to realise that the importance of the work that they are doing, the small role that they are doing to the uh, reputation of the business, the, the way in the, the longer term impact that has on, on gaining clients. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've picked up from you is that actually you are all, you're constantly trying to get that message across to the members of your crew, the members of your team, that it is not just about completing the task and, and just ticking the box, it's going above and beyond to yeah. actually meet the needs of the client. Yeah, so that um, good, good reminder. Yeah. Quality. Um, so, uh, so we've um, we've actually set up a training business which is solely focused on first and foremost training our staff to make sure that they understand not only the health and safety elements of lifting, moving, shifting stuff, but also etiquette, how you look, how your attitude is, your like manners on site, pleases, thank yous, being polite. Mm. All of these things really matter. And from the minute people get inducted, they're told in their in their initial induction the importance of all of these things, which then in turn means that from the back there is an expectation from us that says, look, we'll really look after you guys, we'll pay you really well, but we expect this. You don't need to be someone with lots of experience. You don't need to be someone that has been there, done that. You need to be someone that's got a good attitude, well-mannered, and has got a smile on your face because those things, like... Employing people is very difficult. It, and people with skills is even harder. But people with the right attitude, if you can get a hold of them, you can train them up to be anything you want them to be. And for us, it's all about making sure that from the first day, they understand our ethos, they understand what we're all about, and they understand the importance of it. Because in our game, you're only as good as your last job. And if one of our staff has a run-in with someone on site, if they do something that they shouldn't do, if something happens, that client will go to the numerous other companies and use them instead of us. And not only does that affect that person because they won't get booked again, it affects the next person they're working with, it affects other people in the other regions, it affects everyone. So we try and make sure that everyone sees the bigger picture and understands what their actions can make. And that's why we've set up this extra training company to ensure that we are really drilling into our guys and making sure that we have refreshing training all the time to make sure they understand the importance of not only performance, but just being nice, nice people. 
Ed, I cannot think of a better way to finish um, our first Kiana's conversation on wise leadership. And thank you very, very much for, for your frankness and openness. And again, I look forward to perhaps interviewing you again in a couple of years' time. And we'll see how things have progressed. Yeah, good stuff. Okay, thanks, thanks very much. All the best. Bye. Thanks.